Hello moms, welcome to Raising Leaders. I hope everyone is doing well, you and your families are keeping safe. Alright, so last week our topic was why are children angry? And then I sent a second audio to, you know, on praying for leaders. This week I'm going to revisit that topic, so it's going to be part two. Why are children angry? Part two. And the reason is, in the last week, I've had to work with a couple of people in the same area, right? And so last week I talked about, you know, children being angry because of what they see us do in the house. Um, and then we talked about the pressure we sometimes put on them on, you know, education, curricula, and all of that. Today I want to revisit that a bit and I want to especially talk a bit about pressure and, and then from the perspective of the fact that you know the kind of pressure we put on them sometimes has to do with what we want them to do or what we think they should be doing and what they want to do and i'm talking maybe this is more relevant to all the kids you know teenagers maybe going into high school uh, or senior secondary school or into university and sometimes what we want for them or what we perceive for them is not what they are seeing. It's not what they want to do. I remember once we had a teenage, uh, teenage program and, you know, we had a range of kids from like 12 to, I think we also had a 20 year old there. And a number of them, a number of them said, you know, this is what I want to do, but my parents don't want me to do this. They want me to do something else. And you could tell that that's where the anger was coming from, right? They find it very frustrating. And while I will not say, you know, don't lead your children in the way that you believe they should be going, I want to throw out a, a caution out there that we need to be very careful about that because I know I experienced that as a child. My dad wanted me to do something else. I want to be. I wanted to be a doctor. He wanted me to be in business because he was in business. He said to me, how many women have you seen that are doctors and so well? And then I said, okay, can I then be, you know, a pharmacist? And he shut it down as well. And it was so bad, I thought, but he stopped paying my fees. He stopped paying my school fees until I changed. And I know we will probably not go to that extent. But nonetheless, sometimes what we do still is frustrating, you know, to our children. And so where we differ in what we think they should be doing and what they want to do, I would say it's, it's better to get, you know, a professional to come inside to, you know, help you find a middle ground instead of, you know, getting the children to the point where they are so, so angry. You know, the Bible says in Ephesians 6, 4, do not provoke your children to wrath. And I love the way NLC says this. It said, do not provoke your children to anger in the way you treat them. So if this is my life and this is what I want to do and you're telling me I have to do something, it's not your life, it's my life. Right, so we want to get them to come to that place of understanding. And also we want to be humble enough to see things from their own perspective, to show them that they are important. You know, to show them that, hey, this is your life, but I want it to be the best that it can be. Right, and we're not trying to live their lives for them. So we want to be very uh, careful in, in that regard. The other point that I, I'd love to add is inconsistencies. Um, again, working with children and even with my own children, I realized that you know the inconsistencies from us make them angry. 
children are very, very sensitive and they interpret things differently from how we interpret them. So, for instance, you will tell your child, you know, you know, you need to love your sister, you need to love your brother, you know, you shouldn't be arguing, you shouldn't be fighting with your, you know, sibling. And then one day they see you and your husband engaging in an argument in front of them. To them, that's inconsistent with what you told them, right? Because, and I'm not saying it's wrong to have an argument with your spouse, but perhaps not in, in, in their presence. And if they were to witness it, you want to explain to them what's going on, you know, because they can interpret that. They could interpret that in their minds as, hey, I'm supposed to love my sister or my brother, but you don't love that. You don't love mom or you don't love a house help who is very kind to me. You're always shouting at her. You're always shouting at the driver who is very nice to me, you know. So those inconsistencies, you know, can cause anger in children, right? Having said that, we want to be sure that we are not the ones responsible for, you know, the challenges that children may be having in their character development. We want to be sure that we haven't inadvertently passed on a bad legacy, a legacy of anger, a legacy of frustration to our children. We want to teach them how to work things out without being angry, how to work things out without being angry. Because as I said last week, anger has almost become in the world today an acceptable way of communicating, an acceptable way of behaving, right? But the Bible enjoins us to grow up into Christ in Ephesians 4, 15 and 16. It says to grow up into Christ. And I think that's our ultimate calling. We have to do it first though. And then help our children, you know, to do it. Again, Ephesians 4 25 says, Be angry, but do not sin. Now, I've always interpreted that as being, you know, when I have an outburst of anger is when I sin, until I read it in NLT. And NLT says, Not letting anger control you. And I think what that is saying is, it's not just about the outburst. But it's about not even recognizing anymore that you're angry. Because when I work with families sometimes and I say to them that your child sees you as, as an angry person. And they say, no, I'm not. I'm really not an angry person. Now, if your child sees you as an angry person and you don't see yourself as an angry person, there's something wrong. It's either your child is misinterpreting your um, outbursts, and if there are many, or you have stopped seeing it, the anger in you. And so sometimes we need help. We need a mirror, you know, and that's why coaching is very important. Sometimes we need a mirror to be shown to us to really see who we are or who we portray ourselves to be. Because we want to be careful. You see, our calling as mothers, I said it last week, we're, we're perhaps the most influential people in the world. Mothers. We say it's teachers. But no, it starts with us. It starts with us because yes, the teachers can correct some of our, you know, miss miss up some of some of our mistakes. But if we didn't make the mistakes in the first place, the teachers would find it easier to build on it. So you and I, moms, are the most influential people in the world. We determine how everything turns out in this world. We determine the kind of leaders this world has. 
So I believe that if we can get our act together, we will churn out better leaders and we will have better governments and better organizations all around the world. Yeah? So we're going to be praying tomorrow and we're going to be using that, you know, First Peter 5 to, to 4, which talks about us leading by example. And I must say here that if there's any one of us who needs help, we need to seek help if we need help. You know, because I work with children and I've done that for many years, but I find out that the problems more often than not is coming from the parents. That if I could just work with the parents, if I could fix the parents, I'm not trying to fix anyone, but if we could, if we could work with the parents, it'd be easier with the children. Because no matter what work we do with the children, they still go back home, <laughs> right? They still go back home. So let's humble ourselves. Let's look at where do I need help? What kind of help do I need, right? This is a good time, a time where you're home with your children. Make sure you're listening to them. I, I want to give an example of two moms in our group, you know, Remy and, and uh, Kate, and how they work with, with, with their children. You know, I'll send a video on, on our chat line of how, you know, Remy listened to actually have her child, her son, uh, a six-year-old I think he is I'm not sure you know teach her about coding you know he was explaining to her and she said she had no clue but she was listening right and the boy the young boy was talking about something he was so passionate about imagine if she said to him right there come on leave that stop playing on the computer go and do your math uh, assignment or something that child is gonna be so angry and I'm not saying we shouldn't you know get them to do their homework but there needs to be a balance. We have to find a balance because we don't want to get them angry. We don't want to say, you know, we don't want to, we don't want them to use anger as a way of communicating. And Kate also, you know, gave a testimony was on Facebook. I actually picked it of how her son had always wanted to learn, you know, fashion. And they thought, you know, why fashion, why fashion? But then eventually she and her husband gave him a chance to do it and the boy came you know came up with some amazing designs again i'll ask you to share some of those pictures so this is a time to listen to your children this is a time to hear their hearts not just their words hear their hearts i often say you know when we have prayer meetings that we as mothers we want to be able to hear the words our children are not saying I, i'm going to say this quickly as i as i close i was speaking to my son last sunday and he, he's 19 and you know we had him talk for a while and i said you know what's going on and he said you know nothing i just didn't have anything to talk about i said what have you done i said okay i wrote an essay and he began to read that essay i said read it to me he got to read that essay to me and it was a fantastic essay written very well but i could sense anger underneath and that's the last anger i want to talk about anger at god and this doesn't happen until children are around their late teens, early 20s. They look around the world. They're passionate about what's going on. They want to fix it, but they're wondering, if this God is a true God, a truly good God, why is he allowing all of this to happen? Well, you see, they need to be taught that you and I are the ones causing the evil. And you and I can also fix the evil.
I don't have a lot of time to get into this, but some of us need to engage our children, old, older children and younger ones about what is going on and the part we have to play in it. Let me stop here. Uh, for those of you on Raising Leaders platform, you will get uh, prayer points um, later on. Um, on how we're going to be praying tomorrow. If you're not there yet and you want to join us for praying for our upcoming leaders, please signify and uh, we will send you the invitation. You will, you know, be added to the group and you will also get the call information. All right. In the meantime, I say be well and God bless. This is Coach Lara. See you next week.